Hello and welcome to the podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. I'm Ben Beckman, Senior Pastor, and I'm glad that you have tuned in to listen to our services and sermons. We have reopened our sanctuary and would love to have you join us in person at 410 Blake Street in Ray, Colorado for our Sunday morning worship services that begin at 1045, if you feel comfortable to do so. We would also invite you to join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or our website if that's a better fit for you at this time. Please visit our website at raynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information regarding our services. It is my prayer that you experience the presence of God during your time with us, whether in person or online. Again, thank you and welcome to our podcast. Thank you once again for tuning into this week's episode. And we are privileged to have Kurt Lapp share the message this week. And he shared out of Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, talking about the love of God and how that's a challenge to us, how that's a benefit to us, and what God desires to do through that relationship. Pray that you have a blessed week. Well, I'm going to ask Kurt to go ahead and make his way up. And... um, I just, I, I want to just thank Kurt for his friendship and, and encouragement that he has, has shown me as we have um, transitioned here. And so um, I'm, I've just grown to, to just really love the way that he serves, the way that he um, uh, encourages others. And, and, and I'm just, I'm thankful to, to have him here and I'm excited for what God is going to be sharing with him or through him this morning. I know he's a little nervous. This camera thing is, has been a little bit different for him, and, and it is different. But, uh, but we're going to pray for Kurt right now as, as we begin this morning. Heavenly Father, we pray for your hand of blessing over Kurt. We pray, God, that you would use him in mighty ways to open your word to us today, that our hearts would be open ready to be challenged, and that you would give him, Lord, the peace that comes from you, that he would just be a faithful servant, a faithful conduit for you to work through, to minister to each one of us this morning. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for Kurt's life. We thank you for your word today. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Good morning. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm going to steal this for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> All right. It's good to be here uh, this Memorial Weekend Sunday. Of course, it's on camera rather than uh, in person, but we're going we're gonna to get through that, and it looks like things are moving forward there. Uh, I uh, want to thank Pastor Ben for allowing me the time to to come and and uh, uh, bring you the word this morning, and I'm glad that uh, that he's here to make sure that everything goes well. So, uh, but uh, I want to share on a, a little of something that it was. Well, our annual meeting was two weeks ago, and I know that uh, the results and everything's already been shared, but. I wanted to just kind of touch on a few things that happened kind of behind the scenes um, with that. And uh, the annual meeting was probably the most attended virtually, I mean, uh, attended uh, 
meeting that we've had at the Rain Nazarene Church in a long time. And I know that, uh, uh, that Pastor Ben and Jenny made quite an effort to get to call people and get people contacted so they knew how to get um, the ballots cast and so forth. So I wanted to thank them uh, for, for doing that and making it a little easier on, on the way everything went. So uh, that morning, though, I was prepared to give my notes, to give my reports, but what I wasn't prepared for was the camera. So last night, my wife and kids came over here, and we ran through, the cam uh, ran through this a little bit, and I kind of stood up here and I stared at the camera and talked nice to it and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll get through this all right today. But uh, um, let's, uh, let's pray before we start. Dear Lord, we thank you for this awesome morning, the chance to come and worship you. And Lord, we thank you uh, for the time that is put in. We thank you for uh, Pastor Ben and, and Jenny and the family for, for running all this uh, the past several weeks. And Lord, we just ask that uh, you'll continue to bless this church. And bring, bless, help me as I, as I bring the word this morning. Lord, I'm, I'm not up here for my gain, but for your gain. Lord, we just want to, uh, want, uh, want to move forward and, and do your blessing. So, amen. <clears throat> A young man grew up in poverty between the United States and New Zealand. He lived with his mom half the time, and he lived with his dad in New Zealand half of the time. His parents were constantly fighting and he always seemed to be the mediator between them. And this happened throughout his childhood. But as he began high school, he decided to take control of something, that, of the one thing that he knew he could take control of, and that was his body. He worked hard, and throughout high school, he played football. And he, got, he was really good, and he even got a scholarship to go play football at the University of Miami. But throughout his college career, he was plagued with injury. And he never really got a chance to, to really excel himself in college. But he still made the NFL draft that year. But he was never picked up by any team. This was a, this was a letdown for him. But it was also an encouragement. So he, he made arrangements and he went out and tried out for the Canadian Football League. And he was accepted. He got on a team as a backup linebacker. But after two months, he was cut. He was done. He, uh, he didn't know what to do. So after a little while, he decided he was going to wrestle. So he began to train and began to prepare himself uh, to go to the WWE. And he, in the meantime, he had gotten a call from his coach from the Canadian Football League, and they asked him to come back and play, that they had a starting position for him. And he says, no, he says, I'm going to wrestle. So the first time that he stepped in the ring at the, in the WWE, 
he was booed out of that stadium. And everybody called him a failure. This was just after the first time. They didn't even know who he was. But he continued to train. And that first year, he had several injuries again. But he trained, and he trained. And whenever he came back to the WWE, he asked the ring announcer before, the, before his match started. He wanted two minutes with the crowd. And with that two minutes, he told the crowd a lot of things. But the one thing that he told him that stuck with me was that he was not a failure. He was not going to give up. And he worked hard. And over the next few years, he had won every title at every level of the, of the WWE. And when he retired, in two th- uh, or when he retired, he was one of the most uh, highly paid wrestlers in WWE history. But that he didn't stop there. Still as a young man, he took up acting. And in 2015, he became the highest paid actor for his work in San Andreas and Fast and the Furious 7. By now, you probably know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about The Rock. He was given lemons all throughout his life. But he made sweet lemonade with those lemons. He never gave up. Now, this does have something to do with my sermon, but, it, but I wanted to share it, not to just fill up some time, but to uh, set us up to be as motivated and uh, motivated and, and work at the same level of intensity and understanding with our relationships. We have full control of our relationships with families, friends, and most of all, Christ. And as we'll see here in a little bit, there are times in the Bible where the children of Israel were very were led determined to be uh, focused on the Father above. But we're not going to focus on what they did, but we're going to focus on uh, what, our, what our Lord did and what he continues to do today. And going back to The Rock, The Rock is not just a cool name, but it is every interpretation of what our God is for us. My title for my message this morning was Failure is Not an Option. I struggled with this topic because there's really, there was a couple of ways that you could have took this, uh, that this topic could go. And I first thought at it, to look at it from my standpoint, or from our standpoint. That failure should not be an option for us in our relationships or families and with God. But I spent some time in prayer, and it really had me rattled. But uh, it wasn't until about 8 o'clock on Friday night, when I was grilling some brats and hot dogs for Jesse and the kids, that the Lord sat me down while I was waiting and, and told me how his love never fails. And I know that in the scripture that we're going to be in today, in, in the book of Hosea, that there's a lot of love going on here. 
because of all the stuff that had, was going on with the children of Israel. But what does failure mean? This is a harsh word that can leave people in shambles. Failure in the dictionary is a lack of success or an unsuccessful person, enterprise, or thing. Wikipedia says uh, this about failure. Failure is a state or condition of not meeting a desirable or intended objective and may be viewed as the opposite of success. Failure is not a word that describes our Lord and Savior. This morning I'm going to open up with our scripture uh, out of Hosea chapter 11. And we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be in the first nine verses. And it says this. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and, serving, and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to, talk, to walk. I took them up by my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with bands of love, and I became to them as one who, see, who eases the yoke on their jaws and bent down to them and fed them. They shall not return to Egypt, to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword <clears throat> shall rage against their cities, Consume the bars of their gates and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebium? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. <clears throat> so as we look at this scripture this morning, there's three things that, that, I, that, I wanted, that, that we can see in this, uh, in this scripture. The first one is remembrance. The second, building anger. And the third one is his love shines through. These are basic topics and, and ones that we can relate to on a daily basis. The first one, remembrance. In verse 1 it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The Lord is remembering when he brought the Hebrew children out of Egypt. He brought them out of the slavery and oppression uh, of the Egyptians. Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3, it is, uh, this is the beginning of the conversation between Moses and, and the Lord at the burning bush. And in, chapter, in, in verse 7 it says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them up out of that land to a good and broad land, 
a land flowing with milk and honey. This verse is also referenced in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, where an angel of the Lord has told Joseph to pick up his, uh, to take the child, Jesus, and his mother, and go to Egypt, and remain there until the Lord tells them to leave, because of what was going on with Herod wanting to kill the babies. Just as, Je just as the Lord remembers these times, he also remembers the times that he has delivered us from our pain and our suffering. And he also rejoices with us in our excitement. But as we continue to verse 2, the Lord continues to remember. The more they were called, the more they went away. If you are a parent or have been a parent or have dealt with little kids... You can totally relate to probably what is, is kind of being referenced here. As you know, and I don't know if we got the picture up. Did we? Awesome. As you know, Jesse and I have a three-year-old dictator in our house. <laughs> she got upset when I, told, when I said that last night. But, but what, a, what a blessing he is, though. And it's been a blast. But the one thing that is kind of crazy is that Kaysen can look you right in the eyes with a big smile and his baby brown eyes and pay you no mind and whack the cat, that cat that he's holding in the picture. They're best friends. So I don't know how they're best friends, but they are. But he'll hit the cat with a guitar, with his little baby guitar. And, and this guitar is a little guitar that we bought in Puerto Rico, and I carried that thing around all day to make sure it wouldn't get broke before we got it home. I, I, it's broke now. But you tell him not to hit the cat, and he smiles and whacks. But the, so I'll just back up a little bit. I was talking about the uh, dealing with small kids and how the Lord was dealing with the, with the same type of nonsense and, and uh, attitude that with the Israelites. And he continued to want them to follow him and uh, didn't want them to, you know, he didn't want them to, to get sidetracked. But they continued to follow. They continued to worship the Baals and burning offerings to the idols. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in their, up by their arms, and they, but they did not know that I had healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, bands of love, and I came, became to them as one who eases the yoke of their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. The Lord continues to remember them. There are times in our lives as well that we might not realize what the Lord is doing until we look back and see how we got to where we are. He leads us with a love and with love and a steady hand. The second topic is building anger. As we continue to look through the book of Hosea, we see that chapter after chapter there's building anger. In chapter 2, Israel's unfaithfulness is punished. Chapter 4, the Lord accuses Israel. Chapter 5, 
Punishment is coming for Israel and Judah. Chapter 6, Israel and Judah are unrepentant. And the list goes on. In verses 5 through 7, it, this represents a very dark time for Israel. This darkness is because of their own disobedience to the Lord and the laws that had been set up in place for the nation. The Lord is quiet. And in verse 7, it says, My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. A question that I have, or a question that comes up once in a while, is, is it possible for the Lord to be angry with us? Well, to me that seems like a silly question. But to others, that there are others that truly believe that he can never get mad at us because he's a loving God. Well, yes, he is a loving God, but he's also a just God. And those people, I feel that those people are being fooled. The Lord will get angry with us or continue to be angry with us if we, if we live a life of deceit, a life of lies. Romans chapter 2 verse 5 says, <clears throat> But because of your hard and, and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. If we skip down a few verses to verses 8 and 9 in chapter 2, we see this. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There, there will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jews first and also the Greek. <clears throat> the last point Love shines through. In verses 8 and 9, we get a glimpse of the true love the Lord has for Israel. He is pleading with himself in a way about them. Or pleading with himself in a way about them. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? And how can I treat you like Zebian? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warmer and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. Just like towards Israel, the Lord continues to show his everlasting love for us. John 3.16 is a very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And in true Forrest Gump fashion, that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> but if you really think about it, is there anything else more we can say? Because God's love for us is like nothing we have ever experienced before. If we want all that the Lord has for us, we must accept his invitation. We must understand what he wants for us. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice 
and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. This is the invitation that we have to answer. If we want to, uh, if we want to experience the love of God, we must have a relationship with him. <clears throat> As I begin uh, to, to close down, I wanted to read the same scripture, chapter 11, 1 through 9, out of the message. I, I feel that uh, it, was a, it was the way I read it and the way I understood it, I thought it was a good one to share this morning. And it's, it's a good interpretation of how we can understand those, those, uh, those, the scripture a little more clearer in an updated version. I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I don't uh, usually use the message as a translation or as a study translation, but it is one to bounce off the wall from time to time. And it says this, the title of chapter 11 in the message says, Israel played at religion with toy gods. When I, when Israel was only a child, I loved him. I called out my son called him out of Egypt. But when others called him, he ran off and left me. He worshipped the popular sex gods. He played at religion with toy gods. Still, I stuck with him. I led Ephraim. I rescued him from human bondage. But he never acknowledged my help. Never admitted that I was the one pulling his wagon. That I lifted him like a baby to my cheek and then I bent down to feed him. Now he wants to go back to Egypt or go over to Assyria, anything but to return to me. That's why his cities are unsafe. The murder rates are skyrocketing, and every plan to improve things falls to pieces. My people are hell-bent on leaving me. They pray to God Baal for help. He doesn't lift a finger to help them. But how can I give you up, give up on you, Ephraim? How can I turn you loose, Israel? How can I leave you to be ruined like Admah, devastated like luckless Zebian? I cannot bear to even think such thoughts. My insides churn with protest. And so I am not going to act on my anger. I'm not going to destroy you, Ephraim. And why? Because I am God and not a human, the Holy One, and I'm here in your very midst. That ver just the, the way that that was worded uh, is it really it really kind of spoke to me and, and put it in more of a, a sense of maybe what is what we go through today. Um <clears throat> One last verse that I wanted to share was Lamentations 3.22. And it kind of sums up the, the love that Christ has for us. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's love and pursuit for us will not fail and will not end. 
Turn and look at him and see what he has in store for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the message. We thank you for uh, the chance to come together and worship. Lord, we just ask that you be with us the remainder of this day. We help us to, um, to look towards you in our times of need, in our times of want. Lord, we just ask that you will help uh, put a desire in our hearts for what you want us to do. Lord, help us to for not forget the love that you have for us, just as you did for Israel. Well, we love you and thank you. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. That was, was a challenging and such a good message that reveals the heart of the Father towards us and what he wants to do in continuing to build uh, our relationship with him. I want to close this morning from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. It says, Now, may the Lord, himself, Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. Have a great week. God bless.